what it do, what the business is. This is another week in the books with the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Lou. Man, holla at your boy, Animal Brown, Animal underscore Brown, if you're looking for me on social media. Absolutely. I am Spike Lou on those same social sites. Holla at your boy in these social streets. What the business is, man. Hey, man, we closing out Thanksgiving month. You ready for, you ready for the holidays? You got the Christmas music blasting over there. Hey, I can't wait. You know what? I got to take a road trip this weekend. I might listen to nothing but Christmas music the whole way. Fuck it. Christmas, it's, it's like six good Christmas songs. If we no, it's more than that. Thousand, not six good Christmas songs. Crazy as fuck. Four of them are on the Temptations Christmas CD. <laughs> then you might have like that Chris Brown and that Mariah Carey. That's it. Nah, it's more than that. <laughs> that's so disrespectful. You you fuck with Christmas music? Yeah, I fuck once a year. <laughs> I don't need to hear it in June at all. I need that. You need that Drake Christmas album. You you banging that Drake Christmas album? That OVO that, Christmas. That'll be hard. That That'll be, be tough. Oh, uh, yeah, well, what we got? Man? Well, welcome to the On Deck TV podcast for this week, man. The LA cop who criticized Nipsey Hussle after his death, you know what he's doing? He's suing the LAPD. We'll mm-hmm. get into that. Your man Quando Rondo released a diss track maybe quote unquote and we're gonna go over our thanksgiving dinner on deck tv style who we inviting to the table but first the biggest story in hip-hop over the past seven days in case you've been under a rock the versus battle between gucci man and snowman jeezy and gucci man roderick davis versus jay jenkins whatever you want to call it it was the battle for the ages uh, we got a first-rate, top-tier versus battle. Very entertaining, if I must say so myself. My question to you, Animal Brown, was this the best versus battle yet? Woo! Hey, man, this, this was the best one. And, and the reason why is because it had everything. Mm-hmm. I laughed. I cried. I sat on the edge of my seat. Um, Gucci set the tone early. <laughs> he let you know where he stood in all of this. Er, out the gate, like first song, we was like, oh, okay, cool, he gonna be on that the tonight. Game easy. <laughs> it's the first round, Gucci man versus Jeezy. I was like, okay, he's on that tonight. Check. Um, Jeezy took the high road. They both stuck to their guns the entire night. Um, some of it felt like a production. It felt like a mm. production. I get it though. It was an entertaining production, nonetheless. A little scripted, just a, just a little bit. I'm questioning whether some of this was pre-planned, but it wasn't enough to blow the mood. I thought this was great, man. Guess how many verses have have happened? How many battles would you guess have occurred? Twelve. That was number twenty-one. It's it been twenty-one verses. That's impossible. That was number twenty-one, mm-hmm. and that was the best one. So when you're hitting numbers, when you're at twenty-one, and we're talking, man, nah, that was the best one. Nigga. That, that's when you're doing something right. You're going in the right uh, trajectory. So shout out to Swiss, shout out to Timbaland. They killed this. It was at Magic City. It was lit. The stage was hard. Like the whole nine. It was a it was a very well done production, man. What do you think? You think this is the best one? Uh, Twenty one verses is nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't believe that. And yeah, this was the best one from your entertainment value, uh, musically. I mean, it was what it was. We knew what it was coming into it, but it was a wash. Gucci, yeah, it was a wash. Sixteen, something like that. But <laughs> Gucci Man is a showman, and that is what he came to do: was be a showman, put on his ten thousand dollar fit, the ice, and the talk shit. Nothing wrong with that. True. Jeezy, I came for the music. I'm here to to let you know I've grown, I've matured, and it didn't. Though it was, the tension was there, you could cut it with a knife, it didn't take away from it that they were on two different pages. And I've seen a lot of people debating who won and who lost, and the culture won with this. Agreed. And there was a lot of people saying that Gucci man needed this to get that off his chest to go ahead and move on. And I agree with that. That's but I also, I also think that Jeezy needed this. Um, the man that we see, Jeezy, we give him a hard time about the recession podcast and the talk show and the dating Jenny May, or that's his fiance. But in order to grow into that person, he had to stand there and take that heat from, from Gucci, man. Like, you got to do that if you want to go ahead and move past that. And he did an admirable job 
in doing that. Like not trying to fight it, not bickering back and forth. My nigga, I wronged you. So I'm gonna stand here and take, take the backlash. I'm gonna do it. And I commend Jeezy for that. If yep. I had to criticize him anywhere, it's for looking like he was about to go coach above the rim uh, <laughs> as far as the fit. <laughs> I gotta get him out of there for the, the jersey, like I said on your Insta Live. Nice job on those, keep those coming, but that, that was awful, the jersey. Yeah, now nah, his fit was trash. Uh, he was paying homage to the throwback BMF days, I get it, but stop, that, that, that wasn't it. Um, I, I see a lot of people going in on Gucci, a lot of people, Everybody doesn't know the background. Everybody doesn't know the history. A lot of people were taking it for face value, just seeing the battle and seeing how Gucci was acting and how Jeezy was responding. Jeezy was taking the high road, but you could argue that Jeezy, excuse me, that Gucci has a legitimate reason to feel the way he does and Absolutely. to take that route. So I thought he got some unfair criticism, although Jeezy sunned him a couple of times. When, when Gucci's on there talking about, I got five million in jewelry, let's have a jewelry versus. And then Jeezy clapped back with, now nah, let's have, let's do a real estate versus. Let's do that and see who win that. See, no, that was, that was like. That's a clap back though. That, that, that's, he bossed cool. up on him, bro. It's cool, but it don't, okay. It, 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 it fits the narrative of Jeezy and Gucci man though, right? Agreed. Because Gucci man, even going into this beef, if you know the history and you don't, it was, it's him. It was him. It was sure. Dolo. Like, I didn't have BMF, the, the hardest thing rolling behind me. None of that, my nigga. It was just me, a nigga from Zone 6, holding it down like just a street nigga. Jeezy had a whole movement, organization, steamrolling behind him. And for Gucci to be standing there on the same stage with Jeezy 20 years later yeah. with a $10,000 fit with fit on with 10 sure. million or whatever he say like that's relevant because Agreed. if if and and I I don't I don't give him a hard time for pointing it out it ain't frivolous because all of those small wins that came from it whether it be jewelry whether it be peace standing right there like Gucci man regardless of the overall like music part of it Gucci man appeared to be a winner like when you got P right there in your corner you got the hottest rap one of the hottest rappers little baby over there in the corner uh, you got 21 Savage like doing this IG live word for word with each one of your songs. That's relevant and, and hitting longer for the culture. So for him to say, you know, I got 10 million, I spent 10 million on my fit. And Jeezy is talking to one crowd and Gucci speaking to another. So both yeah. of those narratives are needed. I wouldn't Listen, take anything away from either. No, no one is saying that Gucci did not win. We had an episode of overachieving rappers. And if I'm not mistaken, he was one of the ones that we listed. Um, Y'all go back in the archives and fact check me on that. But I believe Gucci was one of the ones. No one is saying that he lost or took an L by the saying. He just got one upped on it. Jeezy's in a further place. The goal is to have millions in real estate bringing you passive income so you can wake up whenever the fuck you want to travel the world and do whatever you want. That's the goal. The goal is not to have a $10,000 outfit. The ultimate goal. At one point in time, the goal was to have a $10,000 outfit, for sure. And that's you, a you win. Can both, though. You can do both. <laughs> that's can a do win. Both. Or, yeah. You can do both, though. You, you got both. That's true. You can also have that's, both. That, 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 and that was one of the things Gucci was quick enough on his feet to tell that nigga, like, okay, shit, you can do both. Like, yeah, I can yeah, have this big dog fit on and own the other half of Atlanta, my nigga. You know? That's, that's perfectly fair. I'd rather own half of Atlanta than have a bunch of jewelry. Me personally. <laughs> if you'd <laughs> asked me this was almost 20, I may have had a different answer. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, that's fair. Yeah, like I say, I, I, I think both of them did their jobs. Both of them catered to their crowds. Neither one of them swayed from the men that they've grown into be 20 years in the rap game. And that's something to be said when you have five million people watching it like and it yeah. don't turn into an altercation you got a room full of niggas we going back and forth we but we got bravado but we can walk out of here and it still be cool and both of us got a big dog bag from it yeah. next uh, this, so like this that, was that's big. good this is this was the best possible outcome for swiss and them for this particular battle because this this did way more culturally than the ti and jeezy would have done if we can't that we talked about that last Absolutely. week Sports Center was talking about this, nigga. Sports Center had the, the matchup of the night. Like that's that that was big. And now, real quick though, more viewers than the VMAs and the Billboard Awards. By the I way, I saw that. 
and, and as it should have been. Like this is a when you get a true representation of the culture, it's much the, the, it's unlimited. Unlimited yeah. the access, the the eyes that are gonna be on it are, are unlimited. Before we move on to this though, I do want to pick your brain because obviously it goes to who do you want to see next? And it, it it's grown now beyond musical, it's grown to that cultural battle. Facts. I have a question for you. I think that there's one that could this is possibly the biggest versus ever, but I've seen one that everybody's been putting out there. I want to know which one you think is the bigger versus. Okay. Is it Kanye West and Drake? That's the biggest one, period. No, it's, or there's nothing else. There's nothing is it else. Kanye? Is it Kanye West and Lil Wayne? It's Kanye West and Drake because they don't like each other. They have history, so mm. that, that adds the storyline to it. Like that—that's why I give. I'm giving them props for this. They're not only giving us entertaining musical battles, but they're adding the storyline aspect, which I could argue is almost more important than the music itself because you. Gucci got his Brandy, fans. Jeezy yeah. got her got his fans. Monica got her fans. Brent, motherfuckers gonna pick the side, so they're gonna be there's gonna be split right down the middle of who wins who wins musically. That's already been determined. But the storylines behind it and underneath it are what make it. Um, it's, it's the reason you get you watch college football and you get backgrounds on the players and the players' family. It's because they're telling a story. It's not just a football game. So this is the same thing. They're telling stories. So not only I guarantee you in that war room or that war Zoom with Swiss and Templin and whoever else is behind this, they're talking about not only a musical matchup, but who has the best storyline. So Kanye and Drake has a better storyline than Kanye and Wayne, in my opinion. Best possible versus is Kanye, Wayne. No. That's it. That's the versus. That's the ultimate matchup. Because you can't name a winner. That's that's it. Because can't nobody beat Lil Wayne but Kanye. That's it. Like the only person that can go in here and if we're doing the format, I got 20 hits and you got 20 hits. No one can beat Lil Wayne except for Kanye West. No one. You got Drake completely. He ain't got up. Wayne. He ain't got Wayne because he ain't got no street shit like Wayne do. Like when Wayne go back Kanye to high boys, what Drake? <laughs> what? I mean, but Kanye got, pre- if I'm Kanye, I'm cheating. First of all, <laughs> I'm playing pro- everything produced. By Kanye, all of that shit is mine. I'm playing it in this battle. So that's why I say he got a chance against Wayne. So when Wayne go back and try to play hot boys and shit, I'm playing the old Jay-Z or some old T.I. Like I'm giving that's you fair. everything. I think that'll be the, that's the ultimate battle. Real quick, word on the street is 50 versus game. I don't like that. What do you think? I want to see that. Because, again, it, it goes to the showmanship. Both of those guys are entertaining. Now, that will make end a little, because. Uh, that's true. 50, well, Gucci man has grown to a place with his wife. He got a child on the way. He's grown to a place where I'm not going to put it on the line for this bag. I'm not sure that the game and 50 are in that place. So it could be like one said, I'm smoking Tuki Loke tonight happened from Virgin from game or 50 that they may react to that. And I don't know, like, I just didn't see Gucci man and Jeezy like going down that road 50 and, and game, Mike, though. That was one of the most disrespectful moments in the history of hip hop. That was rough. That was rough. What did Jesus say? What people been saying? I tell you what. (laughs) I tell you what. That was a cool little response to that, though. Like, what else can you say? I tell you what. (laughs) I tell you what, my nigga. I came here tonight. (laughs) 20 years ago, I shot your ass in the face. I tell you what, my nigga. That's what that I tell you what was all about. What we got next? Oh, man. Moving on, man. Uh, Let's rewind back to uh, Nipsey Hussle's death. And when he passed, an outspoken sergeant for the LAPD took to Instagram and wrote a lengthy post criticizing the response that Nipsey's death was getting. He called Nipsey a criminal, a gang banger, and someone who glorifies the gang lifestyle. Fast forward to today. That sergeant was actually disciplined for that post, and he is now suing the LAPD for millions um, because he claims that he has his First Amendment right to say whatever he wants on his Instagram. Uh, My question is simple. Does the LAPD sergeant have a point? No, I don't. I don't don't think he has a point. And uh, he was embarrassed, I believe, because he thought that he was going to have the support of the people and not being fully aware of the impact that Nipsey Hussle had. 
So when he went to his Instagram and he said, oh, well, you're the reason or Nipsey was the reason that the violence happened, clearly ignorant of the positive that Nipsey had done in that neighborhood. And he was quickly reprimanded by his boss. They only suspended for a day. I guess the only thing that happened, he got suspended for a day. Uh, but to my point of, of the whole thing being just nasty, he got in his feelings because he was embarrassed that people didn't side with him. So he decides, oh, my first amendment's right have been violated because I can't say whatever I want to say. I can't go out and say that I think rappers are dangerous and not get suspended from work. I think it was more him being irresponsible, not the words that he used. And I think that he understands that if he were not embarrassed by what he did and the people and how they responded to him, he wasn't so out of touch. And it goes to the defund the police argument that people make, not being aware of the neighborhoods that you're policing, not being sensitive enough to the situations going around where you know, even if you did feel this way about Nipsey Hussle, my nigga, you go talk to your wife about this. You go talk to your, <laughs> you go in the fucking break room and talk to the rest of the cocksuckers that feel like you feel, but why are you putting it on Instagram and Facebook? Like grandstanding in the position that he's in and that he took to be a 24-year veteran of the of the uh, department is sick, and um, I hope that he gets countersued and loses whatever he got. <laughs> yeah, man, he doesn't have a point at all. And when you work for an employer, they have to the right to determine if you said something on a public forum um, that was out of pocket, then they can discipline you. Like you, what do you? Where have you been? We've seen this a million times. Do you represent? who you work for when you say the things that you say. His post is reason number 4,000 why there's a distrust between the police and the community. Uh, don't do the whole, yeah, he's done for a, a lot for his community, but no, no, miss me with that shit. There's an obvious disconnect. And that lets us know that that's how you see all of us. And that's the problem. It's the mind state. Nobody's necessarily even saying that what you're saying is wrong, but it's it's the tone in which you're taking and how you perceive us as a community. That's the problem. That LAPD got wind of that. They don't need enough. They've got enough bad press. They sat, they put him in timeout real quick. Like you said, it was only for a day or so, but they sat him down like, hey, hey, chill out, chill out. We don't need this heat right now. We don't need no fucking riot. We don't need none of that shit. Like, chill out with that bullshit you talking about. We don't have time for that. It's a reason fuck the police has been relevant for the past 30 years as a song. It's because of the mentality of people like him. That's the problem. It's the mentality and how you see people. And you can't get past that uh, vision of him. And you spewing out all this like he was just out here just robbing convenience stores and shit like relax dude that's the problem how you see us and that and that that's where that's why people don't have a trust in the police so he people were commenting he was like well then call the crips next time you need to call next now time one one. call the crips I, man what are you right. talking like nobody we is call the crips on you how about you come <laughs> out here with your shit on dolo and we just call them on you like, nice try, my nigga, but we, yeah. nobody's biting, bro. Like, that whole, like, well, then, uh, well, then, what do you do when you need some? Nigga, we're not talking. <laughs> the motherfuckers that show up to uh, a situation and do what they're supposed to do and protect and serve, nobody's talking about them. They're talking about the people who go on Instagram after somebody's been slain and slander their name for all of their followers. That's who we're talking about. And, and claim that they brought it on themselves. Exactly. That's, yeah. like... It's, it's insensitive, and that's the problem with the police force now. In 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 some nice. areas, it's the insensitivity, and that's and that's the issue. I don't, I don't understand how nobody can see that. I believe they see it; they just don't care. Yeah, it's the yeah, old yeah, the old true. boys in the hood saying, "They just don't know, they don't <laughs> care." I can't remember the last one what he said. <laughs> well, that's but, much boys in the hood too. Man, it's on uh, Netflix. I start, I almost watched it while I was working the other day. Man, you know, in the background noise, I may put that on though. <laughs> That and Menace to Society on. I ain't watched that all the way through in a minute. Menace is better. Uh, go ahead. We need to do a Patreon review on those. Uh, moving on. My guy, this is always a spirited conversation when we talking Dame Dash. Dame Dash was released recently on Rap Radar, I think. Yeah. And he was talking about his uh, relationship with Joe Budden and Nori and their relationship with Spotify. And how once they got in the door, they didn't pass the ball. Here's a clip. As it relates to Joe Button, you know I signed Joe Buttons to Rockefeller. Yeah. Jay vetoed that. But I did sign him nonetheless. 
But when he did get that initial plug with Spotify, I loved Joe Buttons, but when I asked him for the plug, he didn't pass it. Mm, so, what you mean, the Spotify plug? Yeah, I was like, yo, I got, you know, what you call it. But again, I'm not going to get on Joe Buttons. Yeah. But my point is, you know, people start to talk about their oppression when it's convenient for them at times. But before the oppression, you got to pass the plug. Mm. And I just noticed that we don't pass the plug. Joe Buttons, Noriega, mm. those are my brothers that I signed. But when I ask them for a plug, it never gets passed. My question to you, do Dame got a point or did they skip over him because he's Dame? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's always tricky when you're talking Dame, man. I, he's a polarizing figure. I, I, it, it's both. It's a little bit. It's a combo mm. of both. I'm sorry. You can help. His problem was that he helped them at a point in their career when he was probably a, a hotter or bigger figure than they were. And so he helped them out. Mm -hmm. And you can help me out, and I can be forever grateful and appreciative. Mm -hmm. But if you show me a product to give to the plug that I may be closer to, and that product is some slaw, it's one of them, it's a pair of kids, it's one of them whack-ass movies that you've been doing, or some podcast that you started and then stopped and then started again. Oh, bro, I'm not stamping that shit, bro. Like, I'm mm -hmm. not he's thinking that they're hiding and protecting the plug. No, they're hiding and protecting their reputation, bro. Because that's what happens when you put a stamp or a cosign to something else. You bring something to somebody, you're cosigning this. And if that shit is some trash, or if it brings me, um, you know, more agitation than profit, then I'm going to look at you like, what the fuck did you think bringing this to me? And then I'm cutting you off and then that relationship is cut. We all know that this business is about relationship. Life is about relationships. And if you burn bridges, then that, that, that stunts your growth. Ask Dame Dash about that. Done. This is an interesting topic. And the reason that I say that is because Dame Dash has a, a valid point, but he's also overstatement at some points. <laughs> I would argue that Dame Dash is probably the most successful person out of this trio. With Nori, with uh, Joe Budden himself, building Rockefeller up to what he built it to, and then the That's fair. selling that business to Def Jam for the amount that they sold it to, what he walked away with. So if I'm Joe Budden and I'm Nori, and I'm in a position where I'm the guy that's in the corporate seat now if I'm in the boardroom with these people because Dame has been exiled I'm scared <laughs> of and, and, and this ain't like not saying that he could get the job done but I'm scared of the road that I would have to go to to be successful with you mm. like if I'm Joe Budden I'm 40 years old bro like if I'm Danori, I'm 40. Like I ain't got time to do this independent, this Dame Dash radio. Like it's in theory, it sounds fantastic, my nigga. But I can't, if I'm Joe Budden and I'm already in the room with Spotify, I can't throw the ball to Dame, even if Dame is the successful one, even if I know Dame can do what he do with it. I just, I don't have time for that. And I'm not even sure if that's the path or route that I want to take. And I don't think that Joe Budden and Nori should get any slack or backlash from that. I think that Dame gets in this thing where he feel like that he can fix everything. And mm -hmm. some things just don't need to be fixed. Like this, this isn't a situation where the ball needs to be passed or you need to be introduced to the plug. This is a situation where I'm eating over here and if you came in, the table just going to be crowded. I can't, like, I, I can't ask you to pull up to dinner, my nigga, and it's serving for two. You the third. Now, to be fair, to be fair, Dame has always been of the mindset of we can all eat B. You understand what Damn. I'm saying? Like 10 of us on an equal playing field is better than one with everything and nine people with nothing. So that's his, that's always his mindset. Now, to wait, be before fair, you move past that, though, before you move past that, because it's a point that I, I wanted to make with it. Dame has seen more success than those dudes. So not Dame, recently, though, bro. No, I'm saying period. Just overall. Dame has had a more successful run than those two. So okay. they had to wait a lot longer to be in the positions that they're in. Fair. That makes them value it a lot more. That's true. To the point where I'm not extending knowledge brands to a nigga who, even if he tried to sign me when he was Rockefeller, he didn't try to make me a fucking millionaire. He didn't try, he didn't bring me into Def Jam and try to push me to get my own label. 
All he did was try to sign me the way he had going on. Now, I'm sure Dame Dash wasn't open to signing the Joe Button Podcast Network through Spotify, or he wasn't open to doing a, a spinoff of Drink Champ. So when you say introduce me to the plug, you got to understand what they had to do to get in the room with the plug. Like, you were already in the room with this nigga. You didn't had your run. I can't reintroduce you. So Yeah, that's fair. And, and now this is what you can do. Now, I, I'm, this, this is also fair. What you can do is go, okay, Dame, I see what you presented me. I'm hearing it or I'm seeing it. That's not give them give them some constructive criticism if the product isn't up to par. You say, hey, bro, I'm gonna keep it a stack. They're not really looking for that. What they are looking for is something like this. The problem is you're telling Dame that he know everything. His shit is already fire. His outfits have always been a hundred. Everything he's ever put out has always been dope. Everything you can't tell that he can't. I don't. I'm, I'm trying to think if I ever seen him take constructive criticism without. Uh, like showing some type of backlash, like, no, you nigga, you're wrong and being confrontational. That's part of the problem. Can't nobody tell this nigga nothing from what I've seen. Obviously, I don't know this motherfucker. But to, to, his, to his credit, that's based on the success that he's seen, though. Another person that I would put in that category, what you said is Master P. Right. right. We've seen numerous stories of niggas like Currency and Kodak Black and Fat Trail and all of these niggas that have linked up with Dame Dash and Master P and these niggas know the game. They've made millions upon millions of dollars in the music business, but for some reason, it can never get off the ground with these people with all this advice and all this good opinions that you have and all this good advice that you're able to share with me. Because you've seen so much success it's hard for you to put yourself in the shoes of the nigga who's the FaceTime, first time facing it, in right. my opinion. You know, I, I get it. And it's a tough position, man. But Dame, at some point, before it's all over with, he has to look in the mirror. At, at some point, everything can't be somebody else's fault. It, like, he has to take some kind of responsibility. God damn, I haven't heard him do that one time. And I watch every Dame Dash interview because I fuck with him. I haven't heard him take responsibility it's, it's, one time, bro. It's hard for smart people to 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 take responsibility. I, I just it's just hard for them to be like, well, you know what, you're right, because he's a smart dude and he seemed like I said the success. But I do also there's there's something to be said about the amount of success that he's seen, a masterpiece has seen, and then are excluded from the conversations. And I don't even think it's more so like, it's probably wasn't as much as Joe Budden or Nori as it was Spotify. Like if you walk That's in here awesome. with him, then it's over. Like we don't want the turmoil two, three years down the road and going in out. like, we just don't like the reputation. So he does have a point there. Like a lot of it may come from the corporate side and, and that is that is a reason to have a, a, if it's Joe Budden and Nori doing it from that side, it's less of a reason to be. But it's the corporate side trying to keep him out because they don't want him to come in and do his damn dash shit. Then he should have a problem. That's fair. You got to have good product, though. Good product sell itself, though, even if it is damn dash. If he got some and he doing numbers, somebody going to come and fuck with him. How would you figure? Have you watched seeing that damn dash network shit? Like, how would you fix that? No, the only thing I, I've only heard of, shout out to my guy Plaza, he, he bought that movie. That he last did, mm. that he spent like a million or two, whatever it was with Kanye and something. Mm. He said it was trash. And it was, he was like, bro, like this ain't it. Like, so you can say you made a movie. That's one thing. Okay, cool. You made a movie. That's dope. Is it good though? Like, it's the pro. Okay, you put out a podcast. Cool. Is it good? Like, I don't know. I just don't think that media stuff is consistent enough. That, like, it's too spread out. Like, it's Dame on other platforms. It's Dame on his shit. Like, it's just. And it's not as accessible as you would like it to be. Like I can't just, from, from what I know, I don't see it nowhere where I can just boom, knock out two, three interviews from niggas that been on the Dame Dash Network. Just put out good product, dude. Like the rock and roll album, and bro, stop. You need some help. Just need some help with that shit, man. Get, put some people in position that know how to do that shit. Just like he was asking Joe Budden and Nori to do, put him in the position because he know how to do that shit. Put some people in position that can make your product better. Then Agreed. niggas gonna come knocking on your door. Agree. Promise you that. I promise you. You too, Master P. You're the better <laughs> shoe designer. <laughs> Man, before we get to this, um, guess who's coming to Thanksgiving dinner 2020 edition? Real quick, let's talk Quando Rondo. Uh, fresh off of the incident with King Vaughn, he has released a new song addressing 
the incident. It is called End of Story. Sometimes the best response is none at all. You probably would have left your man's that ain't 100 dog. See, nowadays it's like the fans doing the police job. Y'all talk that gangster shit, but cry when the nigga get low. You post to walk and have your shit. I still ain't got my point across. If the shoe was on the other foot, they wouldn't have said he won. Fuck what they say, that's understood. We had to make it home. I put that on the neighborhood before they bust my dome. Look, Timmy Ryan Ryder. Blood on your brother on the ground, go pick your man's up. Down right, we screaming selfish. He shouldn't have never put his hands Look on. At the foot. That's all the evidence. See them pussy niggas shut the brain up. Who the fuck said that I was hiding? I'm still right around with them bands. And so. set the record straight. I ain't never had no show inside the eight men on my head. That's what they say. That's all you got, bitch. Make it Question. We'll get straight to the point. Um, is this, is he doing too much to release this type of record right now? This is one of those situations where I can admit we do this podcast that it's over my head. This is too, it's too young for me. Like I'm, I'm past this point in my life where I understand this. I wish we had a younger correspondent to kind of listen to Quando Rondo more or knew more about this beef, uh, to help me understand even like this, this song coming out, it's called with the last story, right? It was a response in the story, in the story, King Vaughn story one, two, and three. It was a response to that. And it was essentially like what happened. Right. And even in Mo three situation, when you had your man on IG, like kind of mocking it. Right. Uh, when FBG duck died, you had your boy on IG, like with the laughing emojis. Like, I don't understand how this younger generation mocks death so much. And in Quando Rondo situation specifically, like it's, it's, it's to me, it's fuck shit. And the reason that I say that, cause it, it ain't even old enough for you to address. Like it ain't even old enough for you processed it enough to think about it and put a song out. I just don't feel like a situation where a nigga dying you go and put a song out a week later. I, if you want to put a song out because you rap and really get into it, give it some time. That's what I would, if I were in his crew and then one of the older niggas, he asked about it, like, just give it some time. And you want to do a, if you, if you are, if you are distasteful enough to want to do a rollout behind this, like you're going to get views. If you want to do an interview, giving your side of the story, if you want to do all that, then man, my nigga, knock yourself out. But give his people time to mourn. Like, give his people time to put this behind them before you put a a record out, essentially giving your side of the story, regardless if you were right or wrong. Like, a nigga died, a nigga lost his life. And it's hard for me to stand on a, a, a pedestal here and say, well, if Quan, what if Quando Rondo had to beat that man to death? Like, he wasn't thinking about that man like when he ran up right. on him. That's me true. Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, excuse me, Vaughn. That's true, but we have the benefit of hindsight as we live more and more throughout our lives. And I just don't think that as Quando Rondo continues to grow, he's kind of, he's a talented artist. I listen to this song. He's not yeah, bad, sure. like he ain't bad. As he continues to grow, I feel like that he'll regret doing this so quickly. Man, I, I think, I don't, I don't think he's doing too much. I think he has a right to tell us out of the story. And this didn't come off to me as a quote unquote diss record, so to speak. It was literally him telling it was this was more bigging up his partner that is facing charges now in the shooting. It was more bigging him up. He's got lines in there like, um, you know, what what was he supposed to do? If the shoe was on the other foot, your man's would have did the same thing. It was more along the lines of that. Now, you want to talk about mocking death and stuff, bro. King Vaughn has done it in records, bro. He's mocked, he's mocked, they do that in they're from a whole nother world, bro. Like something that's completely out of my stratosphere um, in some places of the country and, and, and namely in this instance, Chicago, they on some other shit. They mock death. They smoking this pack and smoking that pack. Like that. it's all in the songs, it's all in the records, bro. It's completely past me. I am entirely too washed to, to understand it. So I can't, even though I don't think Rondo did that specifically, but just, you know, you saying it's poor taste and him talking about it so soon, bro. Like, I, I, I can't say that, bro. I, I can't say that. And to be fair, it's at 4.9 million views as of the time we're recording this. And that's, it's only been out for three days. So clearly people wanted to hear what he had to say, because that's a shitload of views in three days, dude. So I'm not mad at him. I listen to it. It's an okay, it's an, on some Sonic shit. It's an okay record or whatever, but 
I'm not mad at him, bro. I'm not mad at him for, for putting it out, to be honest with you. Even even the timing of it. Even though things move so quickly nowadays with social media, it seems like poor timing. But that's just the way of the world in 2020. Right. And to your point of this is how the generation reacts, I think it was an opportunity and why I was kind of let down by there's an opportunity for him to, to change or to be an example of that. We always say when this happens, what's next? Uh, what can people do? Will things change? We ask those questions. And to my point of sl just slowing it down for a minute, if you still want to do it, then do it. But just giving it time to breathe, I think, gives the, him and the kids around him an opportunity to make another decision as opposed to continuing down the line that got a nigga killed. You're right. Vaughn did do this. They do this in Chicago. I mentioned FBG Duck. I mentioned the other people that this happened to in Dallas, and they were mocking it. We see what happens with that, though. It's a reoccurring cycle of violence. If you coming out and you got to explain your story, you know, when my nigga was self-defense, like, it's, it, that's cool. But just like I was saying with um, the, the cop, like, it's some shit you can keep in your circle, my nigga. Like, until you find a way to articulate this where it ain't offensive or distasteful to the people that he rock with or the people that not even just rock with him, but that are sad about his death, like his fans that don't know you, him, they don't got a side of picking to be just sonically, they liked what King Von did. For sure. Give them people a chance to just let it breathe. And it goes to the question of what's more important. Like you said, they got 4.9 million views. He's an artist, he's artistic. This doesn't sound bad. So is it about the entertainment or is it really about changing shit from like detrimental things that are happening to this to this culture, to this society? Like that I, that's I a question that you that can't, deep. well, huh? I, I said, I wish that's, and, and that's my point though. That's yeah, a question that you can't answer in a week. Yeah, nah. That's a question that you got to ponder over. You may, it might take years for you to come to an answer to that. And I ain't saying wait years to release the song. What I'm saying is just give it some room to breathe even years from now when you are contemplating over it, you feel like you made a more calculated decision as to just jumping off the porch and you possibly gonna get some more niggas killed. Like you possibly gonna get more niggas murked behind this shit. Like, hey, nigga, them niggas 600 Breezy or whatever that nigga name, he been on a rampage on IG and shit. Sure. Those niggas that fuck with Vaughn and Old Block, they been on a rampage. Like, you're, and you just pouring gasoline on a fire and you're, 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 you're hiding behind, well, I just want to tell my side of the story. And I ain't, <clears throat> and this ain't even just specific to his side. I said the same thing to you in the group chat about Vaughn Manager. My nigga, sit down. Like, dude been dead three days and you already on academic shit. Like what is like it's, it's it's too quick, it's too much. Like this generation is not doing enough processing. You gotta think about shit. Like, let shit sit for a minute. Agreed. And 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 it's uh, it's a lot to do with social media and they seeing a lot of comments and things. Bro, quick, if this quick, was quick. if this was back in the day, we we wouldn't be hearing everybody's opinion nah. on it. So nah, we we nah. we wouldn't feel that pressure to have to say something or to feel like we gotta say something. So that's a part of it. Niggas you need to turn their phone off, to be honest with you. That'll, that'll settle like happen. If you want to, like, Quando Rondo, I don't know how much money you got, but it's the perfect time to cut your phone off and take a vacation, my nigga. Not do no songs. Go to fucking Bahamas or Jamaica, just somewhere away from here and just chill for like a week, two weeks. Agreed. Do it. Man, let's get to this topic, man. We are closing out our Thanksgiving month. Uh, everything that we are thankful for. Make sure you check out the previous episodes this month, too, for everything that we're thankful for. But we're doing our annual. We've been doing this about three or four years now, man. Guess who's coming to dinner? This yes, is where we choose. sort of a tradition here. Yeah, yeah, it's becoming a tradition. I like this. It's one of my favorite episodes of the year where we pick four seats. This year, we've got four seats at the table to sit with, with one of us. Uh, we're picking two artists, one executive, and then and then a random personality. I hope the random is still hip hop though, because mine is still hip hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. All hip hop people uh, that we would like to have a conversation with if we had a choice of who was at our Thanksgiving dinner table. First things first, man. Give me give me your two artists and tell me why you are selecting both of them. Well, 
again, it's third annual, and one of my favorite episodes as well because you get to frame this behind the uh, the make believe conversations that you may have. So my first artist would be part of that conversation that we just had the last segment to try to tap in with the younger crowd and one who I feel like has a heavy hold on it was Lil Baby. Mm. Um, I listen to Lil Baby talking, it ain't it ain't as hollow as a lot of people in this generation. 21 Savage is another one, but Lil Baby too, like you can tell he's been around older people, hung around older people. So there's depth to the, some of the things that he says, but at the same time, he ain't too caught up on himself. Like the youngsters still like fuck with him heavy cause he a young nigga. Like he's a, he, he like part of the young generation. He's example A for them, I feel like. So that would be the the first person I have an effort to try to cross generational gaps uh, between, you know, older and younger crowds. Now, the second artist that I would have is West Side Gun. Mm. Just listen to West Side Gun's latest. I think he was on, was he on Joe? He was on, might have been on Joe Budden shit. I can't remember yeah, I the last so. thing that he was on. But just his approach to hip hop. Not music, not just the merch, but how he tries to leave his mark on everything. And it seems like it's so thought out. And it's like, he was just talking about how he let uh, Armani sees, I think the chick, that's her name, designed yeah. by Buffalo, how she designed the album cover and the merch. And like, to even have like your artist in the mind state to be like, well, I'm gonna design your next album cover while I'm trying to work on my rap career and we pumping this, like the merch game, like she's stepping into a brand, putting plays like that together for Benny and Conway and himself over the past two years is like one of the most impressive things that I've seen in hip hop as of late, comparing himself to Master P of the new generation, I feel like it's, it's spot on. So I would want, and he, but he's older though. So it right. would be a different, conversation that he would be able to have with me as opposed to the one that we would have with little baby and I feel like that's a conversation that would be great so I would start with West Side Gun and little baby no I, I can definitely respect that I, I like the little baby pick because like little baby dipped his toe into politics this year kind of saw what that looked like and said he was gonna back off just a little bit for now and I, I'd be interested to get his take from his perspective on why he did that and, and then what type of conversations he has with people in his age group around shit like that. Like, what are people talking about right now? Like, what do people care about? What are people missing? What do people need? I think he has his hand, his pulse on the street to where he can answer that and probably give some clarity. And he might actually do some good in, in Keisha Lance Bottoms' ear down here in Atlanta. He could probably provide some insight, but um, so I, that, that, that would be definitely a good conversation. And I would almost put Westside Gun in the exec, exec. Uh, field. I, I'm fucking with his business capabilities right now. Like I'm, and you broke it down with the whole rollout to the merch and the building of the brand. I think that's what's more most impressive about what Gun got going on. But um, I've got somebody from Griselda as well, though, uh, <laughs> that I'm gonna talk about. Um, but for my two artists, for your two artists at the table. I've got to go Kanye West. And here's the reason why. Obviously, I'm a fan. We all know that. But he's got some explaining to do. Uh, mm. He had a very eventful year running for president, was announced that he was a billionaire, uh, uh, gap deals, had a meltdown or two, put his whole contract on Instagram, excuse me, on Twitter. Now he's leading the way for artists to get their masters. He, he's, even though he said some wild left field shit like he tends to do, he's still the visionary ever more now that he was when he first came out that made me fuck with him to begin with. Um, so I would love to dig deeper into the visionary part of it. We can touch on some of the other shit like, bro, like, come on, you run for president, bro. You spent six M's for no reason trying to become president. We knew you weren't going to do shit. Like what? We can touch on that for a little bit, but I'm really more into like what his plans are for the ranch, that whole space he has, that whole Yellowstone-like space that he's got in Wyoming or wherever the fuck he's at. And his vision for that in the future and him being a billionaire and the gap and the clothes. I'm here for that conversation, not necessarily um, him just ranting and taking over the dinner table the whole time. He's gonna have to fall back and just like, nigga, 
shut up, nigga. We just asked. We talking about this specifically. So I, I would have Ye at my table. Then my other artist would be Benny the Butcher. I need someone mm. I can just stop, talk straight music with. He put out arguably the best album of 2020. Y'all stay tuned for that. Next month, we're going to do our top 10 records of the year. That's always a fun discussion. Um, even going back last year where he turned down the freshman class and you and I were split on that. Like, damn, should he have done that? Maybe he should have done that to get his name out here a little bit more. Um, we were both also skeptics on how he chose to release music. Mm-hmm. And he was doing that at a snail's pace. And we were like, fam, like, bro, like everybody else on Griselda is cooking right now. Ben, where's Benny at? He shut both of us up <laughs> by dropping arguably a classic, classic album and showed that he knew what the fuck he was doing. It was deliberate. And I'm interested to see what he has moving forward just on some straight rap shit. So I've got Kanye for the kind of the antics or the outside of rap shit. And then I've got a rapper's rapper that I want to, that I just want to talk straight hip hop with to balance out Kanye shit. Nice. And next we have an executive, Mm. someone to talk business with somebody who put all the ideas into fruition and present the plays at the dinner. For me, when you watch the Gucci man and the Jeezy versus battle, if you looked over to the side, you see this linky nigga that walked in a little late with the funny looking blue and white sweater on. You're like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> Larry Jackson, uh, executive at Apple Music. Mm. Arguably, probably one of the most powerful names in the game right now. Um, like I said, he's over Apple Music, especially the urban division. Yep. And recently there have been rumblings him and drake had something in the works rumblings as far as uh just being able to independently have artists through apple as opposed to record labels and i would love to know if they would spill the beans about the approach apple is taking to the future of signing artists directly Mm. um and also just taking the step of when we were talking about with the versus battle one of the biggest reasons it has grown to the place that it is is Apple Music's involvement. Cool. Streaming, you can watch it on TV now. You can get the comments on the TV. It's on Apple TV. Those things are the things that Larry is in place for, for Apple, one of the biggest companies in the world, to have their imprint on hip-hop too. So when you got Apple in your pocket and you're trying to you know, make moves in the most influential culture in the world. Like the the, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing what he's able to do moving forward with Drake and some of the biggest artists in the game with the biggest name in business, Apple behind it. So that's what Is I that the dude you sent me the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a that was yeah. a fire interview. He he's one of the main reasons um he, he he was big and instrumental in in the verses being put together period mm-hmm. um real low key much less being brought to apple music which we know has taken that to a, a much bigger level with that 4k hd shit <laughs> watching it on your tv screen as opposed to your damn iphone 5s and shit so right. big plays he had a very interesting story that was a good ass interview i, I checked that out too that was fire that i meant to say fire. that I can't um, think of the name of it. We can post it somewhere and let people see it, but it was a real good interview. Absolutely. Oh, that was Boardroom. Boardroom, yep, with Larry Jackson. Yep. Um, my executive is funny because it's it's somewhat related to that. My executive is Steve Stout. And mm. reason being, he had an interview earlier this year with Russ. They talked about independence and the future of hip-hop and being independent. And he made a statement. That, I, that has stuck with me this entire year when he said that if Drake decided to go independent, it would crumble the record industry. And I have Who wanted him- to, Steve South. Yes. Oh. I, have wanted, I have wanted him to elaborate on that ever since I heard him say that. Like, can somebody please interview this nigga so you can speak directly about that statement and what that really means. Does that mean that if he did it, everybody else will follow? Like what? Like what does that mean? What does that look like? How much would he realistically make, and 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 what would they give him uh, to make sure that that doesn't happen? I would love to hear him speaking of that because you're seeing more people go independent. 
Like Jeezy was talk, thinking about doing independent. Two Chains just did his last album on Dev Jam. Drake's deal was supposedly up. He was waffling back and forth, like you said, possibly with Apple, possibly with a, just a, a enormous bag on another major label. We don't know. I would love Steve Stout to talk about that. He has a fire-ass book called The Tanning Effect that I got several years ago. I only made it about halfway through the book. I got to finish it. It was super dope, though, just talking about how culture has taken over. Our culture has taken over the U.S. and, and the world on a global level, too. So I'm fucking with him. I want to know what the future looks like in the record business, and he seems to be a visionary. Steve Stout know his shit, man. I, I'm, I'm going to walk away from that table smarter than, the, than I was when I sat down listening to him. like that. I need that tanning effect. Yeah, that book I need is to fire. add that to my Audible. Audible gets you. You can knock out so many books for Audible, man. That shit Audible cheap. is crack. I love being able to have access to that information. So I need to put that in my uh, to-do list Thanks. on there. All right, last but not least is the what the fuck is this guy doing here category. Uh, this is like favorites. Maybe you've seen this person in an interview and you're like, man, hey, I want to know more. And for me, and I, I don't even know, maybe last year I picked him too. I just, I didn't go back and listen. But he, I, I called him on Brilliant Idiots, called him on Breakfast Club when he did the uh, the single Tupac Must Die. <laughs> and Glasses Malone, I followed him on Twitter after that. It's, it, most people probably don't even know who Glasses is, and there ain't no disrespect to him, but he's heavy West Coast artist and West Coast gangster rap. But the reason that I would have Glasses that he's arguably one of the most thought-provoking figures in hip-hop that I've came across, and that's from listening to him to The Brilliant Idiot, to The Breakfast Club. Yeah, podcast, even, not yet, and that's oh. what I was going to get to. The podcast is coming out on Charlemagne's uh, Black Podcast Network. Uh, they, they said they're working on it, but I haven't seen a, a show drop yet. It may be out. I, I need to check. But um, just as far as an outside-the-box thinker, an alternative thought process, having conversations with someone who you don't always agree with, but it ain't beef, both can articulate their size and, you know, bring good viewpoints to the table. And even with the example of the single of Tupac Must Die, just giving an alternative story to what happened from the eyes of the nigga who, you know, got jumped by Pac. Like that's, all of that's thought provoking stuff. And I think that we kind of miss a lot of people like that because so many people try to fit into the same box in hip hop. People are scared to be as outspoken as I see Glasses Malone being and then having him in a room with some of the other, I feel like bigger personalities may let them open up some to the thought processes or taking an approach that's not as uh, kosher uh, like he does. So I would definitely want Glasses in the room with some bigger names. Glasses is, uh, Glasses can rap without question. That record was hot, the video was hot. It was it was a great conversation piece. It got him on The Breakfast Club. I gotta commend him for making a piece of art that was, uh, I don't know, shocking enough, air quote for lack of a better word, polarizing enough, probably better to even get him in that space to begin with. However, he's made, he's giving me Paul Pierce vibes with his, some of his takes. He had a, he had a cold take about Drake. He had a Paul cold Pierce take like about Rick Kendrick Ross. Perkins. Kendrick Perkins. Give me Kendrick well, well, or Kendrick Perkins, true. Yeah. Any one of those athletes who are trying to find their way post basketball and trying to get in the media it almost seems like they're trying too hard they're trying to say something controversial on purpose to get attention and glasses can come off to me that way about some of the stuff that he said but other than that though that would be an interesting conversation and now that i think about the podcast i'll probably check it out to see what he's talking about but don't come yeah. out here with the hot takes man swinging for the fences and shit just to be doing it because that, that that can come off as corny though yeah I mean, you're doing too much but I, i'll never get that from him though I can understand why some people would, but I always feel like that he's being as genuine as possible. Uh, just some people believe crazy shit. I would love to hear him on a long format like Joe Rogan, like to talk for like two or three hours. Mm. I don't know how he would get on Rogan, but that would be pretty dope. You never know. Um, my random what the fuck person at the table, last one, I need somebody to break up. This year has been some slaw for a lot of people. Um, some more than others. We lost a lot of people. I need somebody that's going to keep the mood light and, you know, can can get the jokes in there every once in a while. I got little Dicky at my table. 
Um, <laughs> we saw him transition into something other than hip hop, which we saw coming. We both called that. We said he had a future elsewhere, probably in movies. It ended up being TV. And he dropped Dave, and it was a home run. Uh, I thought the show was, was, was genius. Uh, I was afraid it was going to be too much like Atlanta. But he did just enough to separate the two to, to where it distinguishes itself from that. And I just need somebody to table to lighten the mood, man. He's a funny dude. Don't take himself too seriously. But I, I, he's smart on the business tip and the creative tip. So I'm going Kanye for his, his out-the-box vision. I'm going Benny for the bars. I'm going Steve Stout for the future of music business. And then I'm going Dicky for the comedic value, but then also a little bit of the future for TV. So that, that that's who's at my Thanksgiving table. I don't know who's cooking. I get some celebrity. You do two show. artists. Who was the other artist? Benny and Kanye. Kanye Benny, Kanye, Dicky, and Steve Stout. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Fire. Benny, table. I, a, a conversation between Benny, Kanye, and Lil Dicky would be the funniest thing <laughs> on earth. God, I'd be a fly on the wall for that. <laughs> That would be funny as fuck. Um, yeah, that's a good. I, I feel like that would be a, once we get this to a point where we can invite people and have dinner. That would be a pretty flat concept to have and, and cut in some of the conversation. Uh, Don't nobody yeah, steal that. Yeah, we airmark that. Right. <laughs> we get that done. But I feel like those are dope things to do, especially Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't know who's doing the cooking, but we're definitely getting the turkey fried. Mm. Um, Facts. So it's my first Thanksgiving since I was since I'm not vegetarian anymore. I know you can't wait to have some Target dressing. I'm going ham, literally. <laughs> but look, man, you guys let us know who your dinner table is going to consist of in a hip hop fantasy per se Thanksgiving brought to you by the On Deck TV podcast, man. Go check us out on the rap chat and leave the comments there. Follow up on YouTube on this episode. Let us know under the video who you would leave and also IG. We got some wins and some losses this week, man. Yeah, what we got, Getting dude. into that. First and foremost, man, we got your man's Logic. Logic came out recently and said that he dropped, wait for it, six million dollars in bitcoin <laughs> are you hey. on the bandwagon is that a, is that a win or a loss hey, only time will tell it might be a huge win it might be a terrible l his net worth according to google is 15 mm. million so that means he put damn near half of his net worth in oh, bitcoin shit. so nigga, that should better be a w to be fair bitcoin's current price is at seventeen thousand. It was at 19000 on Saturday. Oh, okay. So it's going up. The last time I looked, it was seventeen, but it wasn't before. So it was like Tuesday. Yeah, it's going Before that, that, about three months ago, it was at 9000 That's true. That is true. Now, experts are saying that they are expecting Bitcoin to get to the 65000 per share mark. Yeah, they, they, they said that two years ago, too, though. So nobody really knows. I'm not just not saying it's two years not going to happen. about it, what, six? It was about five or six? When? I remember when people, when it was really popular, it was about 5,000. Yeah, when it got, yeah, it got dumped. And then it jumped up to 20. And that's when people were like, yeah. oh, shit, it's about yeah. to hit 60. And then it, it crashed back yeah. down to six. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows, man? Shout out to Logic, man. Send your boy some Bitcoin. Send me like two or three of them. That's all I need, bro. <laughs> uh, a L2 Victor Victor, that is Pop Smoke's label. They were recently sued by a reporter who had a Rolling Loud interview with Pop Smoke that she filed for copyright of. And that label wanted to use the interview in Pop Smoke on Pop Smoke's last album, and they offered her a whopping total of $1.00 for the copyrighted material. Listen, she is suing for millions now That's because you it, offered man. her a dollar for the interview to use. Like, fam, you know how much okay. show money Pop Smoke was getting? Like, y'all could, bro, throw her this 10 bands. This is a record label. Yeah, like, y'all could have gave her like 10,000. Easy, you know, though. Man, get the fuck out of here, bro. A I dollar? Them, I hope she putting them out of fucking business. Off a a dollar, dollar, bro? She should have went up there and raised hell. A trip. All right. Another W in the book of sales. Your, your, your girl, Hell Meg yeah. the Stallion, 
uh, she dropped an album. What's it called? Newspaper? Free Press? Good News. Good News. She dropped an album, did okay. But what she really did her thing was in the fashion Nova sales. She moved 1.2 million in fashion Nova sales, most by any artist ever, including Cardi B and other fashion Nova superstars. My question to you, mm. is this a bigger news than the number one album? I think so, because it shows your reach yeah. outside of music. Mm. Uh, I had I was talking to my gal the other day, and she said that Megan's 15 minutes were almost up. And I was like, really? And, you know, I took offense to that because Megan's my boo. And so I'm like, hold on now. Like, relax. Like, nah, I think she's doing just fine. And so ironically, she comes out with the big and tall line. I don't know if it's big and tall, but I think it's tall line. <laughs> Shout out to my stallions well, out Big there. and tall for women is crazy. I think it's just tall, though. Wow. But it did numbers, man. So there's a market for it. That was a smart play. There's a market for it. She's a big enough personality to sell it. People buy into her brand. So it's a match made in heaven, man. She also had the number one album on iTunes, and she had that Tory Lanez disc record that a lot of people were talking about. Shot you. Yeah, well, she was Did rapping like over it? the Biggie uh, sample. Did you like it? It was okay. It was if okay. you was Tory, would you respond? No. He don't need to do no more responding. He didn't worry. Tupac on her. He gonna go Tupac in him up on her, and it's gonna be funny. <laughs> <laughs> then she gonna beat him up again. That's gonna be the funniest beat play out. Period. Oh uh, shit! Was, she hey, has some funny shit. But to your point of your to your wife's point of her career, almost was a fifteen minutes up. She may have a good point, man. Her best friend like don't fuck with her. She done took the money. She was with Crawford and Jay Prince over the weekend. Her her boo thing shot her in the foot. Like her mom passed. Like it's rough. It's it's gonna be rough for her to hold on to this 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 level that she's ascended to. Like she's it's gonna straight. be rough. She's straight. She that. she just proved it with if if worse come to worse, she can sell fashion over clothes. Clearly, that's true. Um, on deck of the week, man. We're going to Twitter. Shout out to at two three nine Hurst, man. Telling people to check out that's the pod. God, we appreciate you, big dog. Thank you for the support. Tell a friend or tell a friend word to our guys over at FSP. That's the best way to get people to check out the pod is to let them know. Let your people know that listen to hip hop, man. Hey, man, we got a dope pod that I check out. They're called the Onyx TV Podcast. Here's the link. Check them out, man. Subscribe on YouTube, man. That's how you do it. So we appreciate you, big dog. 239 Hertz, what up? X, man. We definitely appreciate that. We look forward to you every week not dropping it for us. We definitely appreciate it. What do you have to put us on for the week? So I watched a movie over the weekend. I rented it. One last time you rented a movie, number one. I was going to say, I don't believe that. You got the Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> on demand. Shout out to iTunes. I rented Unhinged with Russell Crowe. Have you seen that? Or have you heard about that? No. Where it's the, it's, it's the gal, she like honks the horn at the dude in the street. Oh, yeah, yeah. He went crazy. He went ape shit. Was that good? It was watchable. How much did you pay to rent it? Three nine nine. Oh, okay, yeah, I paid three nine nine. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was worth three nine nine. I'll put it that way. Cause he went hard. He was shaking. It That's sort of like Crash. You remember Crash with Samuel Jackson? Not Crash or whatever the fuck the name was. We had Samuel Jackson and Ben. Oh, Affleck. Changing Lanes. Changing Lanes. Yeah. Is it something like that. Yeah, it's just harder. This is rated R. Hmm. So he going, he going in a little harder, but it's cool. It's cool. You know, you boot up, watch some quote unquote scary, you know, a little thriller. Suspenseful. Yeah, a little some suspense, a little bit of that. It's not bad. What you got? Uh, speaking of Audible earlier, I'm doubling back on a book that I forgot how good it was, man. It's the BMF, uh, the Black Mafia Family book by Mara Shalupa, Shalopa, S-H-A-L-H-O-U-P. Man, it's just a breakdown of how Meech and, and T blew up, came up, their whole organization. Jeezy is in there briefly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really good. And it made me want to, actually, the, the, the battle is what made me want to listen to it. And um, I downloaded it on my Audible and started back. I got like four hours left. I done listened to four hours in two days already. But that book is it's really good. Uh, if you were able to see or have heard of the the BMF lore, if you've seen that in the streets video of it, listening to this book kind of give you some detail on how the organization ran, some of the players in it, and how they 
ultimately became the, the demise came. But I, I, I really enjoy shit like this uh, from the paid in full vein. So this is really good. Check that book out, the BMF book. Yeah, that book is fired, and that's gonna hold you over until Fifty eventually uh, drops the TV show or movie. I heard them reference it as a movie on Breakfast Club, and he didn't correct them. So I don't know if it's a movie or if it's a TV show. They need this to be a TV show. This can't be listening to this book again. Like this can't be no movie. Like two hours ain't gonna do this. No, unless it's like The Godfather or some shit. (laughs) This gonna have to be the Black Godfather, nigga. This shit deep. Yeah. Uh, hey man, we appreciate y'all checking us out. Action packed month next month. A lot of year in review joints we're gonna do. It's gonna be firing all culminating to the top 10 albums of the year. Appreciate y'all tuning in as always. YouTube.com slash Realville Road to a thousand subscribers. Make sure you subscribe and tell a friend like I got 239 Hertz, man. All right, yes, sir. We appreciate you guys. This is the On Deck TV podcast. We're out. <laughs>